You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on lines the deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Episode 125. I'm your host, Matt Lyons. And on this week's episode, we'll be talking about the first half impressions of the Indians as we're heading into the All-Star break. And technically, we, we consider this the first half of the season. Um, we'll talk, of course, about the All-Stars and the snubs and Shane Bieber going and Francisco Lindor and Brad Hayne and Carlos Santana and who we think should have gone and isn't there for the Indians specifically and maybe anybody else. And of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none of them, Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I learned this weekend that seafood has lots of sulfur in it. Do you want to know how I found this out? I, I don't want to, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> sulfur makes your farts <laughs> smell bad. So anyway, that go. was my weekend. <laughs> is that bad? Is that the only <laughs> other side effect of it? Is that? Well, or? I mean. I eat a lot of seafood, let me tell you. So well, you know. am I going to die? No, you'll just have, you'll be very sulfurous. One day you'll probably turn into a demon of some kind, which is fine. Demons, I think, are um, miscast Underrated. due to the Judeo-Christian <laughs> world we live in these days. Demons are actually kind of cool guys. I learned this from the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show that I didn't finish watching. And it makes me want to hang out. That's where I learned out. everything from, is that Yeah, right. Well, I learned everything I, I know from Netflix in general. So, <laughs> there you go. Which Indians player is most likely to be a demon secretly? Secretly a demon? Well, secretly the obvious answer is Brad Hand. We've been over his dead eyes. <laughs> That's true. No, secretly, Merritt, not openly oh, a demon. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I well, want to know who's trying to hide it a little bit. I would say, all right, so the original devil obviously was Lucifer, who was the most beautiful of them all, as far as angels go. So the obvious answer there then would be Shane Bieber. Uh, sort of that? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk about baseball, Merritt. We got a... Uh... First Let's half of the it. season, it's going to be ending. So I think we'll start first by looking back a little bit at just the last two weeks of game, and we'll serve up some tasty meatballs over the plate, um, some little tidbits for you guys for try to fun little things to point out about the games that the Indians played. Um, I'm going to start with one that was today. Um, I didn't find this one. This was Gage EHC on Twitter. Um, Tyler Naquin ball ball that he hit. It was a single, but he hit 114.4 miles per hour. Jesus. It's the hardest hit ball of the season by the Indians in the third in the StatCast era um, since 2015. Who do you think has the other two hardest? Hit balls by an Indian? Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Ramirez. You fool. It's Francisco Lindor and Bradley Zimmer, obviously. How could well, you not know I was, I was. Those were my next choices, <laughs> obviously. Oh, yeah, I remember the Zimmer one, actually. Yeah, you hit right, the piss yeah. out of that one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but th- this one was especially funny because it was just a single. It went. It was hit so hard. And it was hit behind Yasiel Puig that, of course, he's going to get it and fire a cannon or mm-hmm. fire a rocket. So Naquin had no chance. But he hit it that fast, the highest of the season, one of the hardest in so many years, and it was a single. Uh, maybe it's maybe it provides a little bit of context to how the Indians hit the ball hard or not very hard. But it's the 36th come entering play on Sunday. It'd rank him 36th in MLB. So it's not like it was a, an absolute scorcher. But I guess that's 36 out of a whole lot of batted ball events. So it's not. It's still a very high percentile, but it's not like a number one or two. So. Right. Hey, so it's high um, balls. Of course, it's Tyler Naquin doing it, which is always surprising. Yeah, and he threw him a low. I think it was a breaking ball, but you never do that to Tyler Naquin. They should learn by now. I don't know why anybody's throwing those pitches to him. It doesn't make any sense. His, his weaknesses have been well explained and demonstrated over the many years. But 
There you go. But yeah, I wanted to talk about Naquin as well, as a matter of fact. Um, but over the la- over the last week, he's put he's posted like a, an OPS over a thousand, which is you know fine. But over the last month, it's been over eight eight forty four has been his OPS, and that's impressive to me, Matthew. Impressive to me because this is Tyler Naquin we're talking about. This is a guy who do you realize he's hitting the ball nearly as hard as Yandy Diaz is this year on average? Now I know I know we talked in the past about how exit average exit velocity isn't really. That instructive, I suppose. And we like to focus more on hard hit rate, uh, hard hit percentage, rather. And he's at 39.2, which is the same, basically, as, as Chris Davis. Chris with a K Davis. He who hits 45 home runs a year or so. So what are we to make of, of Tyler Naquin these days, I guess is what I want to talk about, and just in general. Is he is he a must-play at this point with the Indians? And I think the answer is no, yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say no, because I feel like he's done this before, and then he wasn't a must-play, like immediately after like he's gone he's a really streaky hitter right so maybe he's a must play now if you can catch him on a streak i would agree with you but it's just that so much of what he's doing like in the background reads much more trustable i guess i mean he's not really walking he's walking a little bit more than he has in the past not a smith a ton more it's only still only like five percent i think his walk rate is but like his bad it's only 314 which is sustainable granted we're talking about a guy who's posting a three 15 weighted on base average so it's not like he's, he's some kind of super stud out here but the Indians don't have a lot going for them and we talked a lot about what's his name uh Jake Bowers over the last you know however many months I've been in this season and with with you know with good reason he's 23 and Tyler Naquin's 28 and he was the vocal focal point of a trade that took away the player that we all liked but sometimes players take a while to grow up and that's why I just wanted to you know think maybe this is Tyler Naquin growing up, and maybe he's just getting better as the season's going on because he's just, you know, the hard hit balls he is getting. Which again, at thirty nine point two, I think it's like hundred and what was it? I was looking at the leaderboards on that. It's, it's not super high or anything like that. I mean, I think the guy with the highest hard hit rate is like yeah, it's Aaron Judge at sixty percent. So you know, you can you you go all the way down to one hundred and sixty second, and there's Tyler Naquin right between Ryan Healy and Trey Turner. But I don't know. Uh, there is a player here that I don't think the Indians can really afford to not play right now, only because they don't have much more going for them at the, at the plate, and at the very least, he's hitting the ball harder than most most everyone else in on the team on average. Most of the grounders, yeah, yeah, and like you said, they are forgetting about his massive weakness at the top of the zone. But <laughs> still. That's the weirdest thing to me is that there's a way to beat him, and just nobody's using it. Like his, know, even his ground right? balls aren't terrible. It's forty five percent, which is not. That's just basically what he is, but mm-hmm. it's so weird that nobody's, they've just stopped doing it. <laughs> I don't know if there's something we're not seeing, like maybe he's adjusted to it better than we think, but, and he has also pulled the ball a lot more this year. It's back yeah. to where he did as a rookie, like 38%, which is right around where he was last year. It was down to 23. I'd assume last year as he was trying to spread the ball around, like he's always told to, but maybe he's just a better hitter when he's pulling everything. I don't know, but yeah, it's really weird. I, I do like the fact that his bat pip is lower and he's hitting better. That's a, yeah. that's a big plus for me. And it's, the way he's hitting the ball is definitely better. I just don't know if he's a must play. Are his splits still pretty dramatic? I'm assuming. I mean, it's you know, it's 800 to 750 or something, or 800 <laughs> to 700 or something no, like that. So yeah. I mean, they're not dreadful. I may be embellishing that a little bit to make my point because you know I'm the one with the microphone here and everyone else is just listening. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so my next one or my final one, I only have two today. Uh, but Mike Clevenger, he he threw the ball dang hard. Um, on his start on July 3rd, which was against the Royals, just to, to open the game, the first inning. Poor Whit Merrifield, future Cleveland Indian batter Whit Merrifield, 
he took two 98 mile per hour pitches back to back. Um, one of those bounced off the ground and or bounced off the bat and hit Roberto Perez in the face mask, which has to be terrifying. But um, Mike Clevenger also in that game threw 98 plus, what was it, five more times, two more to Ma- Martin Maldonado, once to Jorge Solar, and once to Hunter Dozier. So, I mean, that aside from one pitch um, in late June, his last start before that when he hit 98, he had never hit higher than 97 or higher than 98. He said like 97.4 or something like that before. But, but man, he said when he got injured with his back that he was going to come back and hit 100. I still think he's, I don't know if he can get there or not, but he's trying, man. He is back. I don't know what exactly he did while he was injured that that kicked him up to this this notch that he's found now. But something is working for him if he can actually control it. He's had a, he's had a couple rough outings since he came back from the back injury. But if he gets this 98-mile-per-hour fastball and still has that huge curveball, it's it's really exciting. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was crazy to see that happen. Just <laughs> see Mike Clevenger pitch the 98 flash up was insane. His hair's flying. The Impressive ball's flying. to say the least. It's really yeah. fun. I'm a fan. Yeah. I wanted to stick with another pitcher. Um, a gentleman who we both enjoy watching uh, this year. Matt, let me ask you a question. How many how many times since Jackie Robinson debuted, since 1947, how many times do you think a Cleveland Indians pitcher has gotten ERA plus over 120? Now, I picked 120 because I think if you're 20% better than average, you're a pretty darn good player. But how many times... Are you, you talking as a batter? No, as a, as a pitcher. An ERA plus over... 120. 120 oh, or more. Oh, WRC Plus for some reason. No. Um, I'm going to guess not, not many or else you wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> give me a number. Just give me a number. Oh, man. I don't even know how to. 20. 20. Well, this, is a, this is a 72-year <laughs> span. No, it's 74 <laughs> times. It's 74 times. Um, yeah. Which is still the, not a lot. Yeah. The best would be uh, Corey Kluber two years ago. Trevor Bauer um, uh, a year before. Uh, last year, Louis Tiant at 186 in 1968. Now, Tiant's uh, 160 ERA was much lower, but again, ERA plus is weighted against what do you call it? Uh, you know the rest, of, how everyone else is doing. And so, in 1968, the year of the pitcher, a 168 ERA is, doesn't even get to the best. I don't think. In anyway, now all that being said, 74 is a pretty good number. How many of those do you think were under the age of 25? Kluber was over. Bauer was under like mm-hmm. five to ten somewhere in there. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, however, one, two, three. Add those together. That was good. <laughs> one, two, three, five of those were Sam McDowell. So whatever, you know, Sam McDowell was really good. This is a long way, <laughs> a, a roundabout way of getting to Shane Bieber and his one thirty six ERA plus. Shane Bieber is twenty four and change. God, and he's having one of the best young Indians pitching seasons in history. Like literally up there with Sam McDowell at twenty one, CC Sabathia at twenty five. Herb score at 22, better than a young Bartolo Colon or that year Danny Salazar was amazing in 2015. I don't, I don't think, I think that with all the season, with, with the way the season's been going and with all the upheaval we've been seeing with Bauer, with Kluber, with obviously with Carrasco, um, Clevenger getting hurt, there's something amazing happening here. And this, this might be the, the best date, not, not debut, but be getting to a career we've seen in a long, long time for an Indians pitcher. Like up there, if not better than Corey Kluber. Uh, Corey Kluber, excuse me, um, CeCe Sabathia in terms of age and everything like that. And just because he's been blown up, talking about Shane Bieber here, he got lit up a couple times, and he got really lit up a couple times. But over the last month, I think he had an ERA just over two or something like that. Since June 15th, he's got an ERA over two, just over two. Uh, yeah, 206. You add in that start he had against the Yankees. Um, three nineteen. But then you go back even one more day. That amazing um start he had against the Minnesota Twins. We're at three oh nine ERA since the beginning of June. 
Matt, he's the best pitcher in the Indies right now. And I think that's an amazing thing to say. And he's in the All-Star game for a reason. I love watching him pitch. He's only 24 years old. We forget about that because he just looks – th- that's something I remember last year they talked about him, um, his composure and his the way his mm-hmm. approach to the game. Like people talk about his approach being like Corey Kluber, but but uh, Franco was quick to say he's not going to perform like Corey Kluber yet. Well, he's doing a pretty goddamn <laughs> good, good – good, you know, he had a 96 ERA plus last year. Corey Kluber, I think, had a 99 in his first year. And started the, all the way up to 136 right now. I mean, he's – I don't know. He's excellent. He goes deep into games. He strikes a lot of people out. He doesn't walk anyone. He's everything yeah. you want a pitcher to be. And he's only 24 years old. This is really cool. It's really cool. And I just, I realized what was happening today after his start was yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was. Quite something. Quite something. It's such a young age. Yeah. And he's one of, speaking of like being fun, like if I was trying to convince somebody that watching baseball is fun, like of course I'd show him like a pitcher who throws a million miles an hour, but Shane Bieber's another one who you could show and like teach people how fun it is to actually follow a pitch sequence and all the different things they do because he's so good at mm-hmm. throwing where he wants to and you can see what he's trying to do because he's so good at executing everything he does. And every one of his pitches is always just so crisp and where he wants it to go except for those few times he gets lit up but but when Shane Bieber is on man he for a guy that doesn't throw super fast which is usually the easiest way to have fun watching a pitcher like you said he's just so fun to watch so right exactly it's just in terms of it I mean and the Indians have a it can't be forgotten the Indians have an amazing history of pitchers like guys who were just true studs I mean Sam McDowell I mentioned before he is one of the great what-if stories in the history of the game just if only because he was so great through the age of about 27 but he just fell off a cliff because he just didn't take care of himself very much and also just the science wasn't there to really keep up i don't know maybe he hurt himself. i don't i don't remember exactly how they, but you know he had substance abuse issues and things like that so but bieber is like you said he's the kind of pitcher more so than someone who just throws gas that i that i'd like to that i would show someone if they're watching baseball on tv maybe not so much if it were in person then you want someone who's a low strikeout high ground ball kind of a guy because then there's action but anyway uh yeah or at least like somebody moves quick like clevenger is another one mm-hmm. that i'd show just how fast he moves, like how fast he gets the pitches going, and and also his um his move to first play, first base is another fun thing to show people. So yeah, that'd be really cool. Him I'm and Zach so- Plesac. I did not know Zach Plesac had such a good move. I don't mean to get this far away from Shane Bieber, but holy cow! No, like that's the thing. Mike He's Clevenger-esque. he is yeah he is he is a, it's it's cool to see that in any pitcher. Like it's just, it seems like it's one of those things yeah. that's just a lost art in general, but also. To see a young pitcher, especially like um, Andy Pettit, was really good at that, and it always blew my mind. He was he was good as he was, but uh, seeing a guy get picked off at first is is hilarious. Usually, because you're like, ah, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> I'm in the little league again. This is stupid. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. Now, what do you think is worse, getting like picked off on the first throw, or when they do it over and over, and they they still get first you throw home? without a doubt? Because like, like it's got to be first throw. I mean, uh, over and over, it's it's just like fine. I'm tired of this, and I'm all dirty now. I hate this. <laughs> Great. i got to clean this. I'm going to get crap tomorrow. But I would say definitely first throw. Yeah, then you'll go. Just like a total boner. Yeah, because there's a chance also when you do that, you're just not paying attention, and then you know it when you're out immediately. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that was our, our meatballs of the week. So our first half, we can also talk about Shane Bieber for our first half impressions. Because um, the Indians, obviously, we all know the offense started abysmally. Um, the pitching staff had a lot of adversity early on, uh, but now all of a sudden the Indians, the offense is, I don't know, I didn't look at the stats specifically, but are they, can we say incredible over the last, they're like the best, <laughs> overall they're the best team since June, which is just insane to think about. Um, that includes getting blown out twice to the Orioles in a row. So that tells you how good they've been the rest of the games. But now they sit five and a half game backs to the Twins. It could have been more if the Rangers could do fucking something over the weekend besides win one game. Um, the twins, like, by the way, they've, they've gone to so many overtime games and still won. I really hate it. I hate overtime, it, but whatever. Extra innings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but the Indians are going to go into the break um, <laughs> riding a six-game winning streak, and the Twins are, are just stumbling into the break. So they'll, they'll play each other coming out. I just hope the Indians don't forget how to hit or whatever over the break, however that works out. But um, So what do you make? What are your, some of your impressions of the Indians in the first half that they have? They started so slow, and they looked awful and miserable to watch, and now all of a sudden they're the best team over a month and – couple weeks span i think uh, i have to the, the main focus had to be on jose ramirez because there was so much riding on him being good um not so much but w- with all that they let go i was just looking at like home run leaderboards earlier and i think i saw four former indians with at least 25 home runs <laughs> like former as in within the last year-ish uh, or i was looking at it a while back and like five or six former indians were would be the at worst the third best hitter on the indians right now like Indians from yeah, a that was year a thing ago. for a while, right? Like all these former players would have looked great on the Indians. I feel yeah. like the whole first couple of months, that's all we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Because which, which had a point to it. The Indians fucked up so much. Any one of them, and and even still, like Encarnacion's doing great, and uh, Brantley is doing fantastically. He's having a career year right now. That I think is still the story. It's one of the storylines of the year, even still, is, is just what they let go. But also the fact that Jose Ramirez was so bad. But I think that I'm I'm encouraged by at the very least encouraged by his last month ish uh he hasn't been fantastic or anything like that but he's posted what an 821 ops over the last 20 games which is good uh, a lot of extra base hits what is it uh nine extra base hits again nothing amazing but uh he's done a, such a great job of making me lower my own expectations that at this point i'm happy about it that's really about what i've been that and then the, the, the efforts of the youth um it's not coming from where i expected it at all to be honest with you um, but seeing in particular Oscar Mercado perform at such a high level has been really encouraging. He's been on a bit of a slump lately. It's so good. Um, I, I literally just said he's been on a bit of a slump lately <laughs> and, and you mutter he's I been mean, so good. before that, overall he's been good. <laughs> but, right, He was on a slump. He made a couple of really good plays in the outfield, so he's, he's making up for it one way or the other. I, I, even if the rest of the season just plays out and he keeps on putting up this batting line, that's fine, and I just, I think you have to keep on playing him, and he is proving the fact that Playing the young guys is not a bad idea. Obviously, seeing someone like Bobby Bradley continue to struggle so mightily. I can't believe he hasn't hit a home run yet. He's hit the ball so hard so many times, and it just goes in all the wrong direction. We'll see how that goes. And then, I mean, offensively, what more can you say about Robert Rob, Robert Perez, as he's known? Oh, but Roberto Perez. My boy Robert, that's the one. Yeah. He only has 36 RBIs, and I love it. I just, it's, 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 it's hilarious. <laughs> 16 All those tigers, solo 36, home runs. I think most right? of his are. By the way, and this is apropos of nothing, did you know that the run expectancy of, of a home run has dropped this year? Uh, the last like five years, it's been uh, uh, the home run has been worth on average 1.38 runs, uh, or you, the, the run expectancy has been 1.38 runs per home run. Uh, it's down to 1. Point, it's down to 1.37 this year. Not a huge drop, but it has gone down because there's just so many solo home runs this year. I just thought that right, yeah. Very... The more home runs you get, the more of those are right. bound to be solo home runs. Just, so I'm, and just sense. to see it mo- just move the needle at all. Those are some of my impressions. Obviously, Carl Santana turning into something that we've never seen before out of him. I you worry about when it's, what's going to happen uh, after the break, whether it cools off because he should cool off by any stretch of the imagination, and we'll we'll all do the normal thing and blame the home run derby, of course, right? Oh, of course, and it's going to be ridiculous because that's not what it is. It's just that's players not what that's not how it bad works. Second God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been it's it's been a fun first half. I think Nick Camino t- tweeted out or someone tweeted out like 
uh, records at the All-Star break the last several years. The Indians are right where they, they've always been. And we, we talked about it a lot, but it's just the fact that there's a team to shoot for. It makes it so much more fun. Right. It's yeah, And cause... the fact that they're they're not being, like, a month ago, we were all broken hearted because the race felt like it was over because it was a 10-game stretch. But now it's like, there's a race. Yeah, the Indians aren't in first, but five and a half games has been conquered many times in baseball history. And the fact that they have a ton of games against them and they have to come back down to earth. The Twins have to come back down to earth. It's, it's, it, it seems physically impossible that Jason Castro was a, such a god. I mean, they do, and it's starting. It's already, they've lost, I think, like six out of the last ten, and they've lost, they're they're coming back down to earth. I mean, they're, their run differential is still ridiculous. It's like plus 117 or something, but which is what a lot of the, the playoff odds use. So the Indians still have like a 12.6% chance to win the division, which... I feel like it's a lot higher than that right now, right? I know you can't just base it on streaks and all that, but it, I feel like the the Twins, all their stuff is built up on just so much luck that all happened at the same time, and now it's it looks so much better for them, but it's going to collapse so hard, and I can't wait. I mean, they're Pythagorean. There's, there's no way. I can't, right? It's 55 and 33, which is one less than they have, but the Indians' Pythagorean win-loss is 45 and 32. Let's not talk about that anymore. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> but see, even even like Pythag, just relax, for a team like the Twins that has been yeah. so overperforming, of course their Pythag is going to look way better. Right, no, exactly. Which is the, yeah, the Indians' one is worried because <laughs> they have like a, what, they have a, a barely a plus run differential, so they're still like on the cusp, but if the offense can actually keep doing this... Um, and one of my things was actually going to be Jose Ramirez that I'm still worried about. <laughs> like, it's been so long that he's been the superstar Jose Ramirez. Like you said, he hasn't been terrible. Over the last month, he's walked more than he struck out, which is kind of cool. But mm-hmm. and he's been hitting the ball hard. It's and he's just hard. Pulling to... the, he's been pulling the ball more. Um, not like I, and this isn't a, a numbers thing. I think that I've looked at the numbers. I might actually be proven wrong here. But it just it seems like he's pulling the ball at least with more timing. More properly, I suppose. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just something I'm I'm seeing because I want to see it, or what. But it's uh, yeah, that's right. It's 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 it's. He looks less dejected lately. I don't know if that's that's also an anecdotally thing. But do you remember a stretch when Indians were losing? It just looked like every at bat he looked miserable. He just looked like a sad more than bear. just angry yeah, Jose exactly. Ramirez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I don't see that as much anymore. I don't know. Maybe no. it's I'm just not even on it seeing it like you said, but. I, I feel like team's he's winning, so he he feels a little back. bit. Uh, maybe he feels a little less pressure on himself to do everything, so because other people are doing things, so it's definitely helpful. So going into a good run in the into the off or into the break, maybe maybe it'll help him. It'll come out on a on a ridiculous tear and hit nine hundred the next you know two and a half months with with seventy four home runs. It's still crazy to me that Jose has the the second most games played beside Santana, which considering I mean, how they, much he's struggling. Maybe the mm-hmm. idea of a day off might help, but he has the second most. It's a little surprising. I mean, obviously, yeah. Lindor would be there. I mean, Lindor would be higher if he played, yeah. Yeah, well, if you, well that's true of anyone, really, I guess, when you think about it. Hmm. <laughs> remember, just remember that first couple of weeks where Francisco Lindor wasn't here. and So even when the team was bad back then, the offense, like one of – another thing has just been how good the bullpen has been, which is ridiculous. Brad Hand kind of struggled recently, but overall he's been amazing. Um, Nick Whitgren has been pretty useful. It seems like everybody in the bullpen, save for Neil Ramirez, who's not here anymore, has at least been had their stretches of being pretty good, um, which is incredible. And it's it's so nice to get to the seventh inning, have a lead, and not think everything's going to crumble around you. Um, so that's another big uh, big takeaway for me in the first half is just that the the relieving core has been so good, and the starting pitching just aided. But again, you mentioned the the rookies on offense, but even the pitchers like Jeffrey Rodriguez, Aaron Savali, Zach Plezak. 
and I don't think he's technically a rookie anymore, but Adam Plutko had a couple good games and he, he's a perfectly fine fifth starter if he has to be, but it's kind of all these young players helping out in the starting rotation, all the bullpen, whatever the Indians are looking for and they're getting for the bullpen has worked so well, which is also good to see. And then finally the offense is doing something, which is a big, a big plus <laughs> for some odd reason. One thing um, I've liked about the bullpen too, is it's a weird thing to think about, but it's like, we were so used to in the last several years, the, the same three names basically being rolled out there time and time again. It was awesome because they were so awesome, but obviously relieving is a thing done by committee, but this is much more, it seems like much more of a relieving by committee. If that makes sense. Like obviously you have hand, you have Brad hand closing games, but like, there's not a lot separating, say, Nick Whitgrim from Nick Goody from Tyler Clippard or anything like that. Like, they're all good, serviceable, good guys who you don't feel terrible about seeing them out there. They're, they're relatively faceless. None of them do anything that blow your mind. But, like, you know, like, if you think back two years ago, uh, you had uh, Miller's slider or uh, Allen's curveball and fastball combo or... Um, why can't I remember Shaw's cutter? Uh, just they, they, they were remarkable guys because they had a thing. They, they had a signature move. None of these guys have anything signature. They're just fastball slider combo guys. And all of them are fine. And that's what's so cool. Between all that and Oliver, Oliver Perez just reemerging as, as something. It's been very neat to see because rather than having to rely on one of his, one of his guys, Franco and I can just pull a name out of a hat, it seems like, half the time. And you don't feel bad about who it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, again, Goody's been fine. He's Since he since he showed back up, uh, Wickren's been a total revelation. Uh, Simber is really putting it together, and that's, what's, that's encouraging. How long that'll hold up, we'll see. Uh, but his, his whole thing is he's always going to defy the advanced stats because of his funkiness. I suppose so it's but it's been very very different it's been a very different season overall and that's a good and bad thing yeah and and so this different season has led to of course uh, leading us into the all-star game which is what we'll be watching by the time this comes out maybe it'll, it'll be tonight if we want to call it that um so yeah the Indians have Carlos Santana was the only one voted in by the fans he he ran away they the way they did it this year was you vote for players they get into the top three and there's another like runway vote for those guys and Carlos Santana like dominated that so it's pretty clear everybody wanted him in he's the Cleveland guy it's in Cleveland so why not um and then Brad Hand was in through I don't remember who sets the bullpen I think it's the manager or it's a player vote but also Francisco Lindor got in as a backup as a player vote which set off a lot of Red Sox fans and Yankee fans that he got in over Xander Bogarts and Glaber Torres I'm gonna talk about that in a minute and then Shane Bieber was the most recent one he was an injury replacement for Oh, who was it? Mike? Is it Mike Miner? Or am I thinking of somebody else completely? I, I don't know. I think oh, no, it was Mike Miner, actually, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. what it was. So, yeah, Shane Bieber's there, too. Of course, he's he's been amazing. That was a big surprise, I think. I saw that come across, and I was like, wow, I guess, yeah, he, he is all-star. <laughs> like, I never think of Shane Bieber as an all-star, but now I definitely do. And then his last game, he really pitched like it. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of – I think the one thing I really want to talk about is the the perception of Francisco Lindor. Obviously, now Xander Bogarts and Gleyber Torres both got in, so it's not a huge deal, but – but there was a, a period there where it looked like Bogarts and Torres both wouldn't make it. And I think by most accounts, it's pretty fair to say that they both probably should have, been over, should have been in over Lindor. But I can't feel bad for them or their fan bases, even the slightest. So <laughs> so how would you have felt if, I guess, 
they didn't get in and it was Lindor as the backup. Behind, by the way, a guy who got suspended last year, 80 games for PEDs. Um, but th- that's the one I, I, I think I would have been more upset about. But are, are, would you be okay if it was Lindor over those guys and they didn't get in at all? Or do you think it, I don't know, maybe he shouldn't have been in over either one of them. I mean, the thing of the matter, the fact of the matter is, it's it's not all. It's all, obviously it's we're, we're we're congratulating people based on a half a season, but part of that is powered by star power as well. That's why you get some weird votes. Francisco Lindor is just very basically one of the faces of baseball. It's he's been promoted as that. He deserves it because he's cool and awesome and great. Uh, he, yeah, they they hit better than him, and and if you want to look by wins above replacement, they have higher that because they played more games than him because he was hurt to start the season. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that Xander Bogarts is a better player than than Francisco Lindor, just if we're just going to stack them up between between the two of them, I'm going to disagree with you. I do I have a leg to stand on? Eh, I guess I don't know. Bogarts Bogarts has had two very good seasons. Uh, before that, he was pretty middle of the road hitter uh, and, a, and a solid defender. Francisco Lindor has been an MVP caliber player for, I would call it three years now. I mean, he's been, he was top five in 2017. He was, voted, he was number six in 2018 only because his teammate was even better. And this year he's doing everything again. He powers a, a more of an offense. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's as much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Narrative as it is performance. Both these things do matter when it comes to, I mean, outside of someone like Mike Trout, who is a bottle of milk who can hit the baseball, it you need to, it, it helps to be someone in addition to just being a great player. And Francisco Lindor is both those things. And the fact of the matter is he's dazzling to watch. I, I, I there, there's, there's, Few players I'd rather watch play baseball than Francisco Lindor. I I don't the, granted I don't know a lot about Xander Bogarts. I don't know what his personality is like. He doesn't. He he was not the focus of any of the Red Sox runs to the World Series. Well, he's been on the team, which he's been I think in three World Series since he's been with the Red Sox. Just two, I guess. Yeah, just, just two. two. That long. Yeah. Merely two. So <laughs> only two. Uh, yeah. But like he wasn't the focus of anything. He was never. Uh, he never. He hasn't been a media darling or anything like that. I mean, Lindor has just been electric as soon as he t- stepped on the stage. We all saw it coming as soon as he did anything. You know, it's. And then as for Gleyber Torres, I don't know, dude. He's twenty two. I mean, he'll be there. What, what am I gonna do? Break my heart over a Yankee player who didn't lead the vote? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what, come on, like seriously. He's he's really good too. I, I you, you can't knock that. But didn't he miss some time with injury as well this year or something like that? I feel like that happened. Oh, everybody think he's dead. So yeah, he was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so whatever. Yeah. I mean, if 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 we're only Lindor and not those two, yes, that sucks. There's too many people going to the, to, to the All Star game as it is. If they cut it down to each team gets you know one and then, or, or or each position gets one and then the the manager or whatever the fan votes two more utility guys or something like that just to make it a, more apt to be a baseball game. But whatever. So no. I, I don't know why. What do you think? What, what what if it was only Xander Bogarts and Francisco Lindor? I'll turn the question around on you. What if Lindor didn't make the All Star game? Would you be upset? Again, we're talking about one that's in Cleveland, and he's by far and away the face of the franchise and one of the four or five faces of baseball. I'd be upset in that regard that that we're missing out on seeing him in Cleveland as playing as a face of the, the game. But I don't know, man. I like there's a few 
was it weeks ago now that Bill James tweeted that Xander Bogarts is one of the most underrated shortstops. And my first thought was, you fool. No, of course not. Francisco Lindor is the best. Oh, no, he is. Um, but, I mean, that's I mean, the we, thing. Bogarts is highly underrated. He's really good. Or no, sorry. It was He said he was the best shortstop in the league for the last few years. Oh, that's stupid. Which my first reaction was absolutely no. I mean, it's not that far off. Like, if you consider just how well he hits, like, he is a way better hitter than Francisco Lindor, which I hate to say. But, like. Ooh, Bogarts? Way yeah. better is a massive stretch. He's, he is quite a bit better. <laughs> he is not. I love me wh- some Francisco Lindor. But. All right. How? What are you talking about? No, wait a minute. All right. Hold on. All right, over the last since twenty since Francisco Lindor debuted in twenty sixteen, Xander Bogarts has a eight twenty six OPS. That is literally lower than Francisco oh, wait. Lindor's. <laughs> wait, okay, so not since he debuted, so the last couple seasons. What was I looking okay, at? Okay, so other let's day? do one the last like, two seasons. No, let's do the last. Three let's do the seasons. ones where it makes matters for my point, Merritt. This is how you okay, do stats. Fine. All right. I oh, I know wait, how to do I writing, at? Matt. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you only get the ones that prove your point, nothing else. Over the last three years. We're oh, it was the last th- two. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. For so fuck's the last sake. year this year when Lindor was a. T- <laughs> it's quite a bit better. I don't think it's. It's not okay. as terrible as it Wait, looked at first. So, to so say. between the last year and this, okay, it, quite a bit. It was once again a stretch. I'll tell you, he's been quite a bit better than Francisco Lindor, Mike Trout. But, like, come on. <laughs> he's not that much better. He's only it's a twenty point difference in OPS. Yeah, what was I? Li- I swear I saw some. I don't know. Else. You and Bill James have been drinking know. some hooch. Some I don't know of... what's going on here. <laughs> was I just looking at his WRC plus that one day? Because even that's like seventeen point difference. Bogarts now. has he's... less home Bogarts runs. Just turned to ass. I mean, he's got a OPS a little bit higher. He's walked more. He's struck out more. Um. You know, forget all that. I changed my stance. My stance is that I'd be okay if Bogarts was in, but I'd be upset that Lindor wasn't. But I think it's cool either way that they're they're relatively close, but a Cleveland Indian player beat out the Red Sox and Yankees basically. Right. Like and by perception. Cool. It wasn't fan yeah. perception. He lost the fan vote, but it was still player votes. Like the perception of Francisco Lindor is higher than that of Xander Bogarts and Gleyber Torres, which I think is awesome. Which, again, we're talking about, we mentioned earlier, players you'd want to go and see in person. There's... I. I've seen him play in person what like three times now, and every time he's just he's made like five highlight plays, things that you don't even see on on the screen, like when you when you're watching on television. He's he's truly sensational. I I can't wait to see him again. I think I think he comes back to comes here again in September, maybe. That sounds right. Hopefully not resting guys because oh, you're talking about DC. Yeah. yeah, they're coming to DC again. I think in September. But yeah, it's it's cool that he's in. I'm still upset that freaking the Twins guy who was it Jorge Polanco. Why the fuck is he there? He was suspended 80 games last year, and you vote him into the... Yeah, that is strange. I don't Whatever. I don't know. It's cold up there, and I guess they don't have any, anything to do besides vote. But <laughs> It was very reminiscent of the, the Royals a couple years ago. When it wasn't as bad, but there were a lot of twins up there. I guess I they yeah, were good and fun in the first half, but... He's not even really out way. hitting... I mean, he's hitting the same as, as Xander Bogarts, and... Yeah, he's... I don't know. Maybe because of how much he, he makes Cleveland in general, uh, you know... His little bitch, basically. <laughs> he does always murder the Indians. He really just ob- obliterates them. It's very saddening. It, <laughs> it makes me cry. Yeah. Well, we're going to see some of that coming out of the All-Star break. So. Yeah, I know. Um, so is there anybody? I mean... <laughs> yeah, Roberto Perez. We've been over Yeah, this. right. <laughs> is there another one besides Roberto Perez? He's a very obvious one that he's... Honestly, I don't think so. This team's been kind of trash no. otherwise. <laughs> um... <laughs> I tried no, just I... to get an answer in there, but there, there's nothing. There... 
there's something out there, but uh, no, let's see, Luplo, no, like they have four guys. <laughs> Luplo, so that's who you start with. I'm, str- I'm looking <laughs> at maybe it's Jordan Luplo. I'm looking at players who ha- who are above average hitters, and there's like four of them. <laughs> and we, Brad Miller. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> did Trevor Bauer make it? I don't no. think so. No, I mean no. maybe him, I guess, but he's just been so disappointing compared to last yeah. year that you can understand why he didn't make it. So outside of that, no, I don't really think. I think the fact that they got four representatives is it's pretty is cool. A, a, an amazing feat in and of itself. This team isn't four all stars good. Like the, <laughs> the Astros got how many? A hundred and eight, I think, and they deserved it. <laughs> they got both rosters for they both got teams. Both rosters plus they made a they whole got several independent game. league all star teams. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 they're they're playing in the international league, the New York Penn League. And like, yeah, we're sending our major leaguers down there. This is going to be a bloodbath. Oh God! So they deserve There's too it. many all stars. <laughs> I definitely feel bad that Mike Clevenger got injured when he did the first time because he was mm-hmm. definitely on pace to, if not be a Cy Young contender, at least be an All Star. Like he no, was. was only, it was only two games. I mean, it was only two starts, but I mean, I'm talking on pace here. He looks super good to start the year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're talking. And he looks super good now after getting a couple back and healthy. Hell yeah. April on pace stats. My favorite. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Don't you miss that already that we're not in April anymore and you can't do that? Hey, man, I was thinking about something. Mike Clevenger was definitely not even just his April stats. Like, he was expected to be super good and he was already living up to it. Oh, and he was doing it. I feel bad that he didn't get to extend that. He should, yeah, he should have been an all star because he was all star caliber the last two years. But especially last year, he was so good last year. Man, I was thinking about something. uh, Apropos of nothing today while I was watching the game. Why don't they play the Ohio series in Columbus? The fuck would they do that, Mary? <laughs> it's it's equidistant. There's a there's a stadium there. No one wants to see those shit teams. And I don't know why not play to the horseshoe. It'd be neat. Just an idea. It was I a dumb it, idea. Head. I think you're confusing the idea that the owners actually give a shit about the Ohio Cup and they just want their money for their home games. I know, god damn it. I care about this <laughs> dumb thing too much. <laughs> That's all they care about. It's <laughs> I've I've grown on it. It's grown on me, I guess is the way to say that. The Ohio Cup, the winning this stupid thing mm-hmm. is it's been a lot more fun recently. It's I don't the know best, why, but man. I love it. It's just such a dumb little thing that you can get excited about for no reason. And it's great. Well, listen, and if, if Derek Dietrich and isn't in now, so if um if Premier League soccer gets to have like nine different awards throughout the season, <laughs> why can't there be more than one trophy in baseball, right? Like, why can't there be an FA Cup type of trophy? I've, I've talked about this before, but still, you know, why not win another award? You know, or like a, some sort of some sort of weird silver plate, whatever. I don't know. A shield, a community Well, the NBA is exploring that, like splitting the season into two halves and doing a tournament in the middle and you win something there. I, I don't know what the full thing of it was, but I mean, I like that was that one of their idea. weird out there ideas they had. Yeah, no, yeah, I've, I've, fun, heard, I think, I've heard of a similar idea, sure. Or the you play the season, and at the end you have a contest to see who can get the eight seed or something like that, or you have a contest for the number one overall pick or something. That would be a confusing thing to do. But that seems like you're, I don't <laughs> know. Be, I, yeah. what, all I want is a second contest. You'd be kind contest. of cheapening the playoffs, I think, yeah. Like the... the, the but the idea that, I, that, I've, that, I've, that I've parroted and then heard time and time again is literally you do an FA Cup type of thing, like, but with baseball, where every single professional baseball team plays each other. The only issue there is they're not independent, so you'd have like farm farm teams playing their parent clubs, which I'd be fine with. I think that'd be cool anyway. Who cares? But I, I, I always like that idea. 
every single team played because there's like 250 of them. So, but imagine if you watch your major league team lose to like a high A or like, like, yeah, like or some independent, <laughs> like some indie league. Like you just do one off games too, you know, like they're not like series or anything. Just, yeah. you know, you just a collegiate just, woodbat team comes in and just dominates your team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really you good. lose to just some random <laughs> team. You, you lose to the Sonoma Stompers. Like they just, they just, you know, they go all the way to they, they like you have to travel up to. I don't even know. Like, like Minneapolis, ha- or yeah, the, the the Twins have to play in St. Paul. That'd be funny to play their their AAA team. Or I think they have a, they have a minor league team in St. Paul. I think. I'm assuming they. Yeah, do. You wrote about that, didn't you? About I having did. everybody just play in a tournament. I think you did. Yeah, yeah, dude, I did. I did. I love the idea, and I want to see it happen. <laughs> One day when I'm commissioner, it will happen, and I, I'll do other so we'll, things to upset we'll, everyone. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> First the tournament thing, then everything else that's going to piss everybody off. Oh, definitely. I guess that's that what you got to do. You, you start off with something good, then you ruin everything else by making the the All Star Game count double. How would that work? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and then you ban the shift, mm-hmm. which I mean, no, which is a very so fucked up the Lindor shift. thing and probably annoyed people. Is I'm I'm slowly getting more and more to being okay with being the shift. I don't know why we're getting into this conversation now, but everybody can't oh, before. Oh but no, I can't hear if, you. As long as it goes along with, I can't hear you. As long as it goes along with dejuicing the baseball, because that's even, I, I want dejuiced baseball and less shift. Oh, that's definitely juiced. There's I something. just want the dead ball era back. I want them to get rid of the outfield <laughs> fence. Just have a rope, but like it doesn't actually count as anything. So you can just hit the ball for a long way. I want. I want. Bad as you want to say, I want a high ball like, or a low. Yeah, I want. You know, I just want to be a just a big old wet sock. <laughs> I'm talking like five years ago, whatever we had then, and then you somehow get it so you can't shift as much, and then singles get out of the infield more, and you get more multiple run home runs. Because I don't know if we talked about that, but like, well, so what do you think is better, Mary? Is back to back home runs better, or seeing like a two or three run home run better? Oh, with that, a de- three home run is, is way cooler because it's it's it builds right. it builds from something. You know, there's drama being yes. created. Um, and how do you help build that? And it's, what and do you it's do to so, help build singles? Why walks, of course, Matthew walks, <laughs> boring old walks. That's what we all want. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But that, that's always been my thought. It's more recently is like, if they deaden the ball a little bit and ban shifts, I think that'd be a good thing overall. Cause you kill so much of the game. I'm not going to sound, I'm sounding like Rick Manning now, but doing all these solo home runs, you you eliminate so much out of the game that's fun. Anyway. All these guys just swinging over the fences, just choke up on the bat and swing and make contact. Move the runner over. Why don't you just try to score the one run? Who are you? Just try to win the game by one run here. Shut waka up, idiot. Waka waka. waka. <laughs> what is this character I created? I don't even know. Fozzie Wazzie. Fozzie the... Bear. You didn't create Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear, the baseball curmudgeon. Is that what this is? <laughs> there we go. I hate all these strikeouts. Just pitch the contact. Waka waka. <laughs> Sprays a little water out of his flower and he's good. Yeah, exactly. It's great. You know. <laughs> so, every week we ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook for their questions, but they want to know about the Indians baseball. Anything really, I guess. Um, and of course, this is one where we're going to the all-star break, so. Our last one for the first half of the season at Ghost in the Shell. He wants to know have the Indians gone from having a barren desert for outfield to potentially having a log jam by the start of the season? Out of Bowers, Naquin, Mercado, Zimmer, Daniel Johnson, Greg Allen, Jordan Liplu, who isn't going to be in the picture. I think we talked about this at the beginning of the season or maybe before. It was the fact that, yeah, sort of. <laughs> it's not a log jam of like superstars, but it's a log jam of who do you think has the most upside you can leave in there to, to build up to it. Um, 
So yeah, do you think, I mean, is there going to be a lot, we'll get into the specifics of who's going to be here or not, but do you think the logjam exists in a weird way, considering they're not all superstar yeah, players? I mean, the logjam exists in part because of stubbornness with either the front office or with the game management staff, I think, too. I know I mentioned earlier that they have to play Tyler Naquin, but I don't know how I feel about that statement even now, 45 minutes later. So, yes, in a way, yes, Daniel Johnson looks muscular when he doesn't wear sleeves, as we saw on Twitter. For those of you who are listening now, <laughs> someone tweeted, I think it was um, uh, Suspetta's Family Barbecue tweeted out a picture of Daniel Johnson's guns, which were, you know, baseball. Piping. Piping. Piping guns. That's a thing people <laughs> say. So... Mercado is, is, in my eyes, a lock. Um, I haven't given up on Trevor or, geez, on Jake Bowers because he's, you know, 23 years old. And yes, in a sense, I feel like there's a log, a, not quite a log jam, but definitely they're running out of a space. A twig jam? To, well, no, <laughs> they're running out of space to give young players a shot to play every day. And I think that's the real issue. That's an issue they've had the last couple of years at a couple of different positions because you don't know if someone's going to be good or not, um, you know, after 30 games or 20 games or whatever. Like, we, we still don't have a full grasp of Oscar Mercado. We all love him, and I think and you think that he should be the everyday outfielder. Uh, whether or not him not playing in favor of Greg Allen last day or so. Was it two days in a row now? Just one day? I don't remember. Either way. Just today. Just, just Sunday today. he started and okay, then yeah. it was amazing. I don't, like, so. like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He went four for five and hit a home run. So I don't know. Um the same thing happened with uh Greg Allen last year. He keeps on doing this. You know, he he shows up and he just donks the hell out of the ball and then struggles for a few days and he gets sat down. So there's a log jam in a sense that yes, giving guys a chance like Jake Bowers is getting. I mean, the guy's got 305 at-bats or plate appearances uh, going into the break. That's the kind of shot these guys need to see if there actually are something. Not, you know, 150 uh, plate appearances over four months. That's not going to give anyone a sense of anything at all. So is the logjam there? Yes, in a sense that maybe they're just... They're trying to still make the playoffs, but they're trying to develop guys, but they don't have, they have, don't have enough space to do it. And wonder how that goes you know so that, yeah i guess so right <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, the important thing for me is that there's no more leonis martin blocking any of these yes. guys getting a shot was there another outfielder that i already forgot about that started that was old um, probably the season leonis martin oh yeah uh, carlos gonzalez so oh and god I, no yeah oh. right yeah yeah no. he's, he's already he's already not on the, <laughs> on the on the on the cubs anymore too oh and, and i and, blocked and him I, out completely that was gross Oh, and I think too that that's where I stand. With, that's why I'm, I'm of so two minds about Tyler Naquin. I I like what I'm seeing. He's 28 years old, and this is when guys kind of flourish. Like we're seeing the same with Roberto Perez. He's 30 years old. He's finally getting getting a shot, and he's having an incredible season. Can Naquin do the same thing? I don't know. You don't know because again, he has 176 plate appearances over 53 games halfway through the season. Uh, and he has not played a full season ever in his career. He's barely got, what, he's played 249 over a period of four years, 116 of which came in that amazing 2016 when he was third in Rookie of the Year voting. So is he for real? What is he? We don't know. And not being given a shot is the problem. 
But do you want to just give up on that in favor of maybe Daniel Johnson or Mercado or whoever else is is the legit thing? I don't know. It's um, it's an interesting situation to be in because none of these guys are are blow it out superstar. You know, a, no doubt about it. Uh, prospect gods, right? So. Yeah, it's it's just one of them. As long as they step up, it's. I mean, if one of these guys turns out to be an all star somewhere, then that's pretty good that some one of them came out right. of this. But until then, it's kind of. I mean, it'd be nice um, if one of them, if if they could just if the Indians could pull out a Jordan Alvarez followed by a you know, <laughs> can you just like, get I one mean, of those real quick. Just go ahead and grab one. Just keep on just just just. Oh, I found another one. Oh, look at what's going on over here. <laughs> this is pretty good. Oh, all right. Well, here's another one. Like, oh damn, how'd we do that one again? <laughs> um, so at Farrell Carson, he wanted to know what do you think of the two days or what do we do for the two days of no baseball after the All Star Game? Please help. <laughs> it's a very tragic time. For the baseball right. season. This isn't the same as the offseason where we're used to no baseball. This is, we've had it every day and suddenly it's gone and we're going to have withdrawals maybe. Um, so, Merritt, what are you going to do? Tuesday is the All-Star game. That's the end of it. Right. Wednesday and Thursday is the dark abyss of the All-Star I don't game. even know. I mean, I played D&D on Wednesday night, so I have that going for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a damn good question, too. The thing, what do you read about during work? What do you do? There's no other sports either is a thing. Like, if you like other sports, all the soccer things and Sunday night ended this past Sunday night. There's no other sports going on. Free agency and NBA is all but dried up. Um, football doesn't pick up for another month. That's the reason the ESPYs are on Wednesday night. They're not that you should watch the ESPYs. In fact, don't watch the ESPYs. It's been going for 20 years, and I still think it's stupid. That's my stance on the ESPYs. Unless the ESPN wants to hire me, in which case, ESPYs, yes. <laughs> They're my favorite. I love the ESPYs. Number one, it's it's the only legitimate award, if anything. Fuck all other awards. Uh, <laughs> I'll take any stance that will pay me money. <laughs> um, That's called integrity, folks. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> my integrity stands in my wanting to make money. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, go for a walk. Go enjoy a nice cheesesteak. I had a really good <laughs> uh, crab cake over the weekend at this place in Annapolis. I recommend going there. Uh, DM me if you want any. I don't remember the name of it offhand, but it's a great crab cake. I don't know, dude. What do you do? Play with your cats? You know, go on a date with your wife? Who who knows? Look at crazy now. Just I know, right? <laughs> oh, we have jokes here, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I'll take up. Cooking. I have kids. That's part of. That's a big one for me. It's just, I mean. A whole lot of changes. I have to go and look at them for a couple days before baseball comes back. <laughs> Who are you again? Um, <laughs> so, what are you about? What do you what, what, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, but I've gotten to play in the switch a lot more. So I'll do that a little bit. Which I what found out the fun? hard way that that ports are just they look like hot ass on the switch. The first person game, the first party games are really good. But good lord, Rocket League looks so terrible. So that was. Oh yeah, no, but... yeah, that, that's that, that that's the literal the truth of anything in Nintendo. Though all ports are trash and <laughs> so bad. Uh, I'm, you, I'm assuming you, Doom and Skyrim are the same awfulness. So I'm going to try that, uh, but also I'm still going to be writing. Like we don't stop; <laughs> we still have no. to do all this. Um, one of the ones I like to do at the the quote unquote mid season. It's not halfway; it's like 88 games. But as we do like the Zips projections for the rest of the season, if the Indians can live up to it, and Zips and Steamer is what I usually use. Maybe I'll add Pakoda to it. But kind of fun to see like what they've done so far compared to what they projected to at the beginning of the season. If they can do it the second half, so. That's usually just what I do for the All Star break, and then just see if anything news happens. It is it's nice having a couple nights to do whatever because if I'm not recapping, I'm doing a podcast or I'm editing a podcast. So Wednesday and Thursday at least I have nothing. So yeah, maybe I'll write some more about Tyler Naquin than I was already going to. 
<laughs> or Spoiler Jake Bowers, alert, man. everyone. Yeah. No, I got to stop right about Jake Bowers. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> I got to cool it for a couple of days. <laughs> I, I, had days. Problem with, uh, I had Shane that problem with... No, with uh, Clevenger last year, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you wrote a lot about I just kept on fucking... His rookie year, I think I wrote about every single one of his starts. Well, because I thought he was amazing, and I came out, and yeah. I was right. right. And I was right about Bieber, too, so checkmate. So I better be right about Bowers, although <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Farrell, for that question. Um, at Cornhusker5280, he asked if, with big quotes around it, Roberto Perez carries this batting success, success over the next season, would it be justifiable to compare expect his career projection to Yadier and Molina? Um, that is a tall yes. comparison for Roberto Perez, but it's not terrible. I don't. <laughs> I mean, just remember that Yadier Molina was like an eight WAR player at his peak, so that's a lot to ask Roberto Perez to do. But if he hits like this again over a full season, maybe. I don't think he's going to get quite the notoriety that Yadier Molina gets because he was like best friends with everybody and the, some big players, and a lot of the mystique of Molina comes from his postseason success. I think which Roberto. I guess he has had in the World Series, but if the Indians win one, maybe. But but yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like, Yadier Molina didn't get full playing time at first. He was a defensive first catcher, and then he started to hit a bunch, and then his peak was very short, but it was very high. Yeah, um, hopefully three, three seasons, longer, basically, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, so that's... I, I guess that's not too terrible, right? I don't know if Roberto Perez is ever going to be like a 7.7 war player like he was, but... He's got a lot of places to grow with his defense and any. We've said it a million times. If he can do any kind of hitting with his defense, he's an incredible player, and no, he's done that yeah, so he's, far. He's, he's borderline. You no, know, he's dark horse MVP caliber. If he can, if he can start posting, you know, batting lines like, well, like he's doing right now. If he if he hits thirty home runs, I mean, if you've wanted to extrapolate it out, he's on pace for that. So I I have no problem believing seeing that kind of a a, a late see, a late career kind of surge out of him like that. In fact, he's yeah, on pace to hit fair. like 45 home runs this year or something like that. 30, 40 <laughs> home ridiculous. runs. So. That's all he does. He's Roberto Aldinger's press. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Let's just hit him on base. So, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Molina is, another, is always a fun career to look at, too. Not just for catchers, but just in general. I, he's one who gives me hope for someone like Tyler Naquin. I um, mean, he, did, he didn't really get a lot of playing time. He I, really got some decent playing time. He's won 124 games. Um, in 2008, uh, 140, and then, but he didn't start hitting until he was 20 years old. And even then, like you said, the peak was only three or so years in terms of being a, a plus hitter. But there were some amazing years. And that's why you always have to, you can't give up hope on any player or thing until they start hitting their physical peak because you, they can be almost so many things until they finally grow into their body or what have you. And this is something I, I think we see, we're seeing a lot in, out of uh, Jake Bowers. He hits the ball very hard, sort of, and he, a lot of warning truck power, but again, 23 years old. So uh, a long yeah. way of saying, yeah, I could see Perez having a three year run where he's just diesel. Yeah. I've, I've thought that about him many times. I wrote an article, was it last year, two years ago about how he's in so many ways close to being an elite hitter, but he was just missing some smidge of something somewhere and he found the smidge this year and look what it looks like it's truly incredible he should be an all-star yeah which he's not which sucks <laughs> so maybe like you said in a couple of years that's and it's gonna be his thing you mentioned also you know postseason heroics i mean let's not forget that perez did win a, a home a, a world series game 
by himself, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when the World Series, though, that stuff doesn't stick around very long. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. I, I, if 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 these L's were turned into W's here, that's um, I mean, he's a he'd be one of the MVP candidates for the Indians in that one. In 2017, he hit the heck out of the ball uh, in the short series against the Yankees. Uh, he did not play in 2018. So yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm okay with believing he could have that, that kind of a season. So yeah, that's going to do it this week. That's all our questions. Um, thanks for asking, and thanks for listening. Uh, if you're not already subscribed on Spotify, I think we're on Google Play now, too. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. God go damn, ahead and we're subscribe. Everywhere. I know, we are literally everywhere. Leave a review, tell your friends whatever you want to do. We will talk to you next week. See you then, Mary. See you.